Good morning. I have a few announcements this morning. The first is that we now have Spanish bulletins. Our services will now have two bulletins, so make sure you grab the one that you need. They will be out in the front, but today is our first one, so that's very exciting. The second is that campus ministry is preparing for social distancing. That means that we're going to love one another from a distance. Most of the time, a pastor gets to stand in front of the church and say, hey, you all, come forward, sit closer together, really snuggle up. But this morning, I get to be the pastor that says, do the opposite. <laughs> I'm going to ask you to practice this now. So let's move away from each other a little, just for fun. Let's see what this looks like. Yes. <laughs> also last week, we did some sharing of the piece and we practiced different ways of sharing of the piece. Does everybody remember what we did? There was a few of them. We practiced bumping elbows. We did a sign of peace, right? Where you really look at people. Can you say peace? Yes, thank you. I hear it. Or my favorite was the jazz hands piece, right? So we're going to continue to practice that this morning as well. <laughs> Lastly, I want you to hear clearly from me that we are community. And as a community, we're going to be doing things a little differently as we kind of venture into the future. Being together is going to look a little different, but our love and respect and our desire to be with each other, that's always going to remain the same. So today is our last in-person chapel for the time being. That means we're going to be holding virtual chapel. What is that going to look like? Scott, Bella, and I are working on it. We've never ventured on this place. It's a great opportunity here to see how we can make shifts from being in person and being community, and then getting to know each other online. So how will you know how to do it? And how will you know when we're going to start meeting together in person? Well, you're actually going to be able to find this information on the Campus Ministry website so that we can stay connected. On there, you'll have virtual worship experiences, different ways that we can practice being together in community online, and also ways that you can set up time with Scott or Rabbi Bell or myself, where we can set up face-to-face -face kind of FaceTime moments if you need that too, because we're still here, just different. We worship today under the gaze of a God who knows no limits. God invites us to hold and heal and hope. God who has created us for compassion and service. God who clings to us always in our faith and in our doubting. This is God's unlimited way. Amen. Holy and benevolent God, today we remember before you Mother Teresa of Calcutta who spent her life servant-like. Today we remember that service is a sacrifice with a real cost, which hurts, 
a cost requiring us to lay down ourselves so another can rise up. In this way, O God, most gracious, you will accomplish what you have set out to do, using us as humble servants. Amen. You are invited to be seated. There are five sacred texts for today. Our first is from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 15. Since there will never cease to be some in need on the earth, I therefore command you, open your hand to the poor and needy neighbor in your land. Our second reading is from Proverbs, chapter 14, and then chapter 31. He who oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker, but whoever is kind to the needy honors God. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. From 1 John chapter 3, we read, If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. From Matthew chapter 19, we read, Jesus said to him, If you wish to be complete, go and sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And from the Quran, we read, And be steadfast in prayer, practice regular charity, and bow down your heads with those who bow down. Here ends the readings. The invitation I received from Pastor Hazel to preach in chapel included instructions to choose a biblical character or a religious character who experienced limitations, how they overcame those limitations, and how they inspire us today. The first person who came to my mind when I read that was Mother Teresa. If you're not familiar with her story, let me give you a few highlights. Mother Teresa was born in 1910 in Macedonia. At the age of 18, she decided to become a nun, and she wanted to join the Sisters of Loretto, an Irish community of nuns with missions in India. So at the age of 18, she went from Macedonia to Ireland for some training with the, the Sisters of Loretto, and a few months later, she was sent to India, to Calcutta. She had to learn a couple of new languages. When she got there, she was uh, assigned to teach at St. Mary's High School for Girls that was run by the Loretto Sisters. And this was a school that was dedicated to teaching girls from some of the poorest areas. She taught in this school for 13 years, and then she became the principal of the school. While she was teaching in this school for these many years, she, outside of the walls of the convent, she saw the poverty and the suffering of a lot of people in 
the city of Calcutta, and it touched her heart greatly. Two years after she became the principal of the school, she was traveling on, the, on a train to a retreat, and she said that Christ spoke to her and told her to abandon her teaching and to work in the slums of Calcutta to aid the city's poorest people. So she decided to change her purpose, to shift what she was doing in life, and she decided she wanted to launch her own order, the Missionaries of Charity, and their task would be to serve those that others didn't serve. Now, and then can't just decide to start their own order. Uh, they have to get permission. So she had to appeal to the Vatican, and I'm trying to imagine what it would have been like to have gotten that request from a random nun in India saying, I'd like to leave my teaching post, and I'd like to start my own order, and I'd like to go out and just live with the poor in the slums and serve the poor. Well, it didn't happen fast. It took quite a few years, and over a few years, she finally got approval from the Vatican that she could start her own order. She um, spent six months in some basic training for medical training, just so she could learn some basics of medicine before she ventured out. And then she left the school, and she went out to live among the poor in the slums. She had 12 other nuns who went with her. She and these 12 nuns had nothing else. They had no money. They had nothing. They just walked into the slums and said, we're here to help the poor. So the first thing she did was she built on some of her skills and that she'd already been doing. She opened an open-air school for slum children, and she started teaching. That's what she knew to do, so that's where she got started. Over the course of the next two decades, she established a leper colony, an orphanage, a nursing home, a family clinic, and a string of mobile health clinics. At one point, it was said that she was feeding, through her work, 20,000 people a day. In the 1980s, she came to America, and she opened a home to care for those infected with HIV and AIDS. At the time of her death, the missionaries of charity, her order, included hundreds of centers in more than 90 countries with 4,000 nuns and hundreds of thousands of lay workers. In Calcutta alone, there are 19 homes for women, orphaned children, and homes for the dying and those dying of AIDS. There's a school for street children and a leper colony. How in the world did this woman do this? She walked out with nothing and created this amazing infrastructure. She touched millions of lives. Her impact is limitless. So how did she do it? Well, first she had a vision. She had a vision and she had a purpose. She never gave up. She was tenacious. I'm guessing she was a person you couldn't say no to. She, was, she had no money, but she went around and asked people for money. And she told them what she was doing and she believed in what she was doing and people opened their pockets and volunteered to help her. I think she is a great example of leadership. 
Leadership is motivating others to, lead, to follow you and to follow your vision. And I can't think of a better example of what she did as a leader in this world. The theme of helping the poor runs through many religious traditions, as we just heard from Judy in the readings. There's a common theme throughout religious traditions of giving back to those who are less fortunate. I've spent the majority of my life living within 15 miles of this campus. It wasn't until I got involved with the United Way that I learned how much poverty is right here in our backyard. I'm involved in a group in the United Way called Women United. Um, and our charge, there are about 160 of these Women United groups in the country. They're part of United Way, but they're women's groups. And the charge is to carry out the mission of the United Way, but to focus on something that will specifically help women. So a few years ago, our group started looking in the county at what, what do we want to focus our attention on uh, to help women in the county. And I was absolutely shocked to see some of the data that we were given about our county and about poverty in our county. In the state of California, um, there's a way to measure poverty, and it's called real cost measure. And it's based on the area you live in. So based on Ventura County, there is a level that's considered a level of poverty. And that is based on looking at the cost of food, housing, transportation, childcare, healthcare, and taxes. Just the very basics. To support one child, a single parent in this county has to earn $24 an hour which is about $50,000 a year, a single parent with one child, to meet the very basic needs that a person has. What we found in this Women United group is that 60% of single mothers in our county are below the poverty level. When we saw that, we said, we've got to take care of this. This has to be taken care of. So we um, looked at some other information, and we found that in this county, if you look at all of the people who have a, a bachelor's degree in this county, 3% have are below the level of poverty. But if you look at those that have less than a high school degree, 21% of the people in our county without a high school degree are in the level of poverty. Nationwide, if you have less than a high school degree, the average salary you will make in a year is $27,000. Now remember, you have to make $50,000 if you're a single parent with a child. If you have a bachelor's degree, nationwide, the average salary is $59,000. So we decided in Women United that we were going to focus on single mothers in poverty, and it was obvious to us the key to poverty is education. We have to help women and, uh, and anyone in poverty get an education to get out of this poverty level. Um, this past year, we, what we've been doing in Women United is raising money and giving scholarships to uh, single mothers 
uh, in the county, and we're giving these scholarships to single mothers who have completed their AA degree. There's a lot of funding for AA degrees, but when you finish the AA degree, it ends. So we are giving, we gave 19 scholarships last year to 19 women who are continuing after the AA degree to finish their bachelor's degree because we believe that this is the key to actually solving these issues of poverty with these women. And I should say that we have at least one of those students here at Cal Lutheran, so that's great to see. Um, I am really proud for many reasons to be here at Cal Lutheran. One of the reasons that I am proud to be here is because of the students that we serve. And we serve a large number of students who come from uh, low-income families. 30% of our traditional undergraduates are Pell-eligible students, and 40% of our bachelor's degree for professional students are Pell-eligible. Pell-eligible means they're eligible to receive a federal grant, the Pell Grant, which is a need-based grant, and it's awarded to low-income undergraduates. So nearly a third of our traditional undergraduates are eligible because they come from low income, and 40% of our bachelor's degree for professionals students. It is a huge struggle for these students to persist through graduation with this financial stress. But it is absolutely critical that these students graduate. Mother Teresa spent her life caring for the poor, giving them love and compassion. What we do here at Cal Lutheran is getting to the root of the issue. We are working to help students get out of that level of poverty. For those of us who are here who work here at Cal Lutheran, I think we have a purpose, and that is to support these students to get through to graduation. It doesn't matter what your job is here at Cal Lutheran. Every single one of us is here to serve our students, to create an environment where our students can thrive and they can graduate and they can get an excellent education and for many of them can get their ticket out of poverty. And as Pastor Hazel said earlier, uh, these are difficult times we're in right now and we're doing things very differently and we'll continue to over the next weeks and months. And as we do this, our students are going to need even more support from us than they normally have. And that's really what our purpose needs to be over the next few weeks and months. So what can we learn from Mother Teresa? We can learn that we can do anything we set our minds to. One woman had a limitless impact on the world. Imagine the limitless impact that our graduates will make on this world. May we all have the passion and the drive and the tenacity of Mother Teresa, and may we all give back to those who are less fortunate than we are. Let us pray. Ever-present God, help us to spread your presence everywhere we go. Flood our souls with your breath and life. 
Light our whole being so completely that our lives may only be a reflection of you. Shine through us so that every soul we come in contact with may feel your love. Shine through us now to be a light to others. Amen. Please receive this blessing. Vayan con Dios. Amense unos a otros. Trátense como amado y tratado Dios a ustedes. Amen. Please show a sanitary and safe <laughs> sign of peace to one another. <laughs>